This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Bagley. The NFL has been pretty busy the past week and a half or so, so I say we hop right into some uh, some, some football news, starting with some Jets news off the bat. So last night the Jets announced that they released defensive end Henry Anderson. This move frees up $8.2 million per over the cap, and the Jets now sit at $76,148,314, below the projected cap of $180.5 million. Only Jacksonville has more money than us right now, but... Honestly, a great move for the Jets. Henry Anderson was given a three-year, $27 million contract after the 2018 season where he had a seven-and-a-half sack year. It was pretty solid on the defensive line, but he was never able to replicate that one-hit wonder season. In 2019, he barely played. He was hurt. And in 2020, he played less than 50% of the defensive snaps. So big waste of money. Another McCagney mistake, and I'm just happy to see him gone. The dude was a walking, roughing the passer penalty. I remember opening day 2019, he had an egregious, egregious roughing the passer where he literally, like, Josh Allen, against the Bills, Josh Allen threw the ball, and as he was watching it going on the field, Henry Anderson just walked up and pushed him down. Like, how obvious can you be? The guy, I'm glad to see him gone. Another McCagney mistake out of the building. We're getting Joe Douglas's guys in here. So after that news was announced on Twitter, you know, we had some analysts from ESPN and NFL Network tweeting, tweeting about it. And something that's been pretty quiet recently on the Marcus May front is that contract extension. Where are the Jets going to franchise tag him? Are they going to extend him? Are they going to let him walk? May's agent responded to a tweet that was basically talking about how much cap space and draft picks the Jets have over the next few years. And May's agent went, on, went to Twitter and kind of aired out some dirty laundry, I guess, between the, the front office and, and, uh, and Marcus May right now. I'll read the tweet. Quote, yet refused to take care of their best player, captain, and team-voted MVP in his prime, who had several all-pro votes, and who played out his entire rookie deal and even changed positions in his contract year after they got rid of last year's all-pro safety, peace sign emoji, quote. Now, what this tells me is that the Jets are planning to use the franchise tag on Marcus May, which is, for, for the Jets, a very smart move because May is an interesting case because he's a bit older for someone who's just finishing off his first uh, NFL contract. He's going to be 28 on March 9th, and it's a little old for someone who's hitting free agency for the first time. So that's why I think it, it is smart for the Jets to slap that franchise tag on May. As much as it isn't good for him, if he gets injured or something next year, but the the, the thing is the the safety franchise tag going into 2021 because of the lowered cap only sits at around like 10 to 11 million, which is like 10% of the Jets cap space going into this offseason. And the thing about May is he had a great season this year. Don't get me wrong. He was fantastic. Easily our best defensive player next to maybe Quentin Williams. But the, the year before he played great alongside Jamal Adams and the year before that, he missed most of the season with injury. So I think it's it's fair for the Jets to be a little cautious to, to give the bag to Marcus. Um, I, it, let him play out the franchise tag. I, I think if he if he follows up next season with with a very similar performance he had this year, then he's on he's in line to get maybe a three or four year contract done. But based off of what we've seen in the past four years from Marcus May, I I would say it's fair for the Jets to utilize the franchise tag on him, as much as his agent or himself may disagree with that decision. In other news, uh, the Jets held a press conference today. Today's March third, twenty twenty one. 
Joe Douglas and Coach Robert Sala talked to the media, and it was mostly the Joe Douglas show. Coach Sala didn't have too much to say besides, you know, some more coach speak. It was more about what the Jets plan on doing going into free agency, going into the draft, what their game plan is going to be. And Douglas gave us a few good nuggets. Douglas believes that the Jets are very well positioned with the team's cap space and draft picks and that the team's stance on Darnold hasn't changed. The team has, quote, no doubt Darnold will achieve his, quote, outstanding potential. He said the Jets are in the process of gaining as much info as they can on the position of quarterback for the draft and free agency. This is interesting because Douglas could have easily come out and said, no, we're riding with Sam, we're sticking with Sam, he's going to be our quarterback going into next year, but he, he still won't commit, him and Sala won't commit, and I, I think this is all just pointing to the signs of eventually Darnold's going to be traded once once the Jets do their homework on guys like Zach Wilson, guys like Justin Fields, Trey Lance, they're going to decide that one or two, maybe all three, have more potential than, than what they've seen from Sam Darnold in his first three years in the league. But yes, Joe Douglas announced that he will answer the call when teams call about trading for Sam Darnold. Up next on the block was some Marcus May talk. Obviously, the the stuff with the agent happened on Twitter last night, and this press conference was today. Uh, Douglas reiterated that the the Jets have had productive conversations with Marcus and his representatives, and the Jets want him back. This is a, a lot of the kind of same stuff we heard last year with Jamal Adams. I, I, I think this is a bit of a different situation. I, I really don't think Marcus is going anywhere. He's going to get slapped with that franchise tag, and he'll be Billy, He'll be with the Jets next year. But uh, the last nugget of information we got from this press conference was Douglas was asked if he would be interested in trading an abundance, abundance of picks for one certain player. I mean, the, the, the beat reporters can't really say, do you want to trade for Deshaun Watson, but they can kind of dance around it like that. And Douglas responded with, in order for the Jets to be a team that competes yearly for a Super Bowl, we have to hit on our draft picks. And it did not sound like someone who was open to trading these picks at all. So uh, it could be a smokescreen. It could be Douglas really just saying, no, we're not going to mortgage the future just to trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson of some kind. But I, honestly, I, I'm not too mad about it. I trust Douglas. I like his first draft, and I can't wait to see what he does with two first-round picks, two third-round picks, and whatever he gets back for Darnold in this year's draft. In some other NFL news this week, we had our, our first major signing of the 2021 offseason, and J.J. Watt, who was re- released by the Texans a few weeks ago, signed with the Cardinals on a two-year, $28 million deal. It's believed that Watt was between a few few teams, uh, no names, but he eventually decided on the Cardinals. He gets $20 million guaranteed this year and $8 million next year, so really just a one-year, $20 million deal if the Cardinals so please. But I, that, that Cardinals defense just got another, another little edge to it. J.J. Uh, Watt and Chandler Jones in the same defense is pretty terrifying. And Russell Wilson, who recently talked about not wanting to get hit as much, is now probably going to get hit even more by the, both of these two animals. So as we've talked about recently on the show, the, uh, the cap space has gone down this offseason for a lot of NFL teams, and a lot of them are over the cap right now, which means they're running out of money to be able to bring back and re-sign players and whatnot. And there was a few moves made this week to create some cap space. Uh, the Dolphins cut linebacker Kyle Van Noy one year into his four-year $51 million contract that he signed last offseason. Uh, the move saves $9.75 million against the cap for the Dolphins, so that's a pretty nice chunk of money they can use and spend elsewhere. The Vikings cut uh, longtime tight end Kyle Rudolph 10 years into his Viking career. The move saves $5 million against the cap, and I'm, I'm sure Rudolph will have a market somewhere along with Van Noy. Uh, the, the Texans re-signed running back David Johnson to a one-year, $6 million deal after cutting him last week. I think he was in the last year of like a 
four-year, $60 million contract. That, that move saved him, I think, combining with the new contract, he just signed about $11, 9000000 million. And then uh, today, actually, the Raiders released guard Gabe Jackson to save $9.6 million against the cap. And Jackson's a really good guard. I, I could see someone like the Jets going out and uh, dropping a bag on this guy. He didn't allow a single sack last year. Definitely one of the best guards in all of football. And I think he'll have a, a nice market going to free agency. The Lions are also signing former Chargers and Raiders wide receiver Tyrell Williams to a one-year deal worth up to $6.2 million. Um, Tyrell Williams didn't play last year. He, he went down with an injury in preseason before the season even started. Uh, he did pretty productive 2019. He was supposed to play opposite of Antonio Brown, and I'm sure he would have had an amazing year before the, the whole Brown experiment exploded in the Raiders' face. But uh, I think Williams was a good, good signing for the Lions uh, with their receiver room under question going to the free agency. Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, both free agents. Marvin Jones probably going to walk. Kenny Galladay, we're not sure he could be a franchise tag candidate or the Lions could try and lock him up, but a nice weapon for Jared Goff to be throwing to in his first year in Detroit. You're listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwini. So I figure since there's not a lot of football news coming out, Besides what I've just been talking about recently, we dip into some New York Knicks basketball. So the Knicks right now are sitting at 500. They're 18 and 18. Tomorrow night they have uh, a home game against the Detroit Pistons right before the All Star break. So far, so good from the first half of this Knicks season. I mean, I think a, a lot of Knicks fans are really excited about what they've been seeing, considering uh, the product the Knicks have put out on the court since, I don't know, since 2012. But the young core has got everybody excited. Uh, RJ Barrett. Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel Quickly has come on. Obi Toppin is young and developing, but uh, this core, this young core that the Knicks got, is uh, has the potential to develop into something super strong. And the emergence of of, of All Star Julius Randle has been huge for them. He's been their their best player uh, easily since the season started. And another thing that really picked the Knicks up was the acquisition of Derrick Rose, who has really turned into their second scoring option, or I guess you could say third. I mean, him and RJ are both right there behind Randall. But all the credit goes to Coach Tom Thibodeau, who's been absolutely fantastic uh, coaching up these young Knicks. They're one of the best defensive teams in all of basketball. They give up the least amount of points per game, and their, their defensive defensive efficiency is easily top two. Now, the question here is, right now, they're sitting at, at the four seed in the Eastern Conference, which is more likely than not, not where they're going to end up by the time the season's over. They have a brutal second half, playing a lot of playoff teams multiple times. So this brings me to what should the Knicks be doing at the trade deadline, which is coming up March 25th, uh, about a week after the All-Star break ends. And should the, Knicks be, should the Knicks be buyers or should they be sellers? And I think there's a way for the Knicks to, to, to dabble into a little bit of both. I think they can, they can buy while also not giving up a lot. They have a, a couple a couple veterans on expiring contracts or, or movable contracts and a few young pieces that some other teams might be interested in, just like how the Knicks were able to pull off the Derrick Rose trade. They were able to, to send Detroit Dennis Smith Jr. along with a second-round pick in return for D. Rose. That's fine. As long as they're not giving up any of those Dallas first-round picks from the Porzingis trade or they're not giving up anything any other valuable assets, it's, it's fine. I think some names to watch as we move closer to the deadline for the Knicks are guys like Alfred Payton. Uh, Frank Nilakina at point guard. There's a bit of a log jam there. I, I forgot about Austin Rivers as well. Um, there's too many guards on the team, and they got to get rid of some. And for me, it's you got to get rid of Peyton. 
Uh, Peyton has been a starter for most of the season, but he's missed the past few games due to injury. And Derrick Rose has been running the offense way better than than uh, than Peyton has. He, he's able to find RJ for those open threes. He's able to, to feed the ball when he has to. And, and it just when Peyton's on the on the floor, it feels like the tempo is a little too fast. He's always trying to either either take it take it into the paint or or kick it out immediately to Randall. I, I, I think Rose really brings a fresh set of eyes to the offense, and he's exactly what we needed, and that's why I, I loved, loved that trade so much for us. But yes, Alfred Payton could be on the move. A guy like Austin Rivers, who, who played played well early on, but found himself out of the 10-man rotation. I think a, a contender could really use his three-point shooting and veteran experience. He played for the Rockets for a few years. He's got a lot of playoff experience. Reggie Bullock, who's a shooting guard slash small forward he's he's a good three-point shooter uh, a contender could definitely use him he's a good three and d player and alec burks also falls in that category another three and d kind of guy you, you see what i mean there's just a log jam of a lot of the same players in, in certain positions and I, I think they could all be moved for assets maybe another veteran to help with the playoff push maybe a shooter like jj reddick could come in and help out but we'll just have to see how it plays out i, I got faith in leon rose and Worldwide West, I think they they know what they're doing in the front office, and hopefully we get some uh, some nice moves going. A few of the young guys I could see being packaged with some of these veterans to maybe sweeten the pot of what we're getting in return. Uh, Frank Nilakina, uh, he he's recently found his way into the the starting rotation due to the Alfred Payton injury, and he's he's played great. Nilakina is a great defensive player. His uh, his offensive game needs a little work, but he's still young, still has time to develop into that. Could be attractive for a team looking to trade for him. And Kevin Knox, who's been pretty much a disappointment since the Knicks drafted him in 2018. Uh, he's never really come into his own. He was billed as the next Kevin Durant, and that's never really come to fruition. But the Knicks have a, have a really bright future ahead of them. They've got a lot of draft capital. Uh, the Mavs are in the tank right now, and we have their picks. They've got a lot of, got a lot of expendable assets. And, and that young core of, of Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin is going to be special in a few years, and I, and I, I can't wait to, to get back to Madison Square Garden. Probably not this season because I was taking a look at tickets, and they're absolutely ridiculous because, you know, it's only like 15% capacity right now at MSG. But I, I can't wait to get, get back to the Garden. It's going to be rocking for the Knicks. New York City is a Knicks city. I don't care what anyone says about the Nets. I think that's all we got for today. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. We're getting so close to the opening of NFL free agency, and man, I cannot wait. There's going to be so much movement. It's going to be a, a seismic shift of talent across the NFL. So many big-name players are going to be on the move and changing teams and trades for teams to get under the cap and, and teams acquiring those players, those super talented players, only because the cap space is so small. And I think, I think a lot of teams are going to benefit from this, like the Jets, like the Jaguars, the Colts, the Dolphins. And I'm just, I'm so excited and I, it couldn't, couldn't come soon enough. So uh, thanks for listening and I'll catch you guys next week. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badweaver.